I'm your host, Michael Davis, and today we're joined by the biggest influencer in the Canadian cannabis game, Anna the Cannabinista. Did I get that pronunciation right? No. Cannabinista, right? Cannabinista, yeah. Cannabinista. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to say Cannabinista. Yes, that's perfect. Can- Anna the Cannabin... Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Weed Biz Podcast, where we sit down with the most interesting people in the weed biz. I'm your host, Michael Davis, and today we're joined by the biggest influencer in the Canadian cannabis game, Cannabinista. Anna has created a media brand unto herself under the Cannabinista banner, where she explores how cannabis can complement a healthy and fulfilling lifestyle. She talks about conscious consumption, cooking with cannabis, infusions, mental health, and more. Thank you so much for joining us, Anna. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. That was three times we tried to get that pronunciation right. Sorry. <laughs> All good. <laughs> so I uh, I read recently that you started the the brand during the pandemic. That's where it sort of uh, took its root. Um, is that true? Yes. Yes. So literally during COVID pandemic days, um, I had a lot of extra time on my hands. Um, and then I started posting recipes and content of me with cannabis and really it was really janky at the time like mostly started as like a reviews page where I was getting products in the legal market reviewing it sharing my experience and really hacky in the beginning and just connecting with people that were you know in Toronto that also loved cannabis and that's kind of how it all started nice and what was the sort of first signs of traction that you got was it uh, like where you realized that you're on the right track um I will say it wasn't really until honestly a year in where I kind of thought that maybe I can make this something bigger than it was. Um, It actually started, I started doing content on Instagram first, and then a year in, that's when one of my videos on TikTok really blew up. Um, It was a very random video that I decided to post. Um, I got sent this cannabis infusion device called the Arden Effects. Essentially overnight, it blew up to 20 million views. And, you know, that's kind of when I realized maybe I can do something more than just posting content. So maybe I could turn this into something real. I saw, is that the video where like the brownie comes at the bottom? I saw that on your yes. TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Like that was the, vi- I, for some reason, I don't know how that video is still up there, but I'm literally showing weed. Um, and I think. Oh, really? I, I'm literally showing like weed and like there was so much controversy because like I took weed from a joint, like I broke up the joint and put the weed. So people got pissed about that. But <laughs> somehow that video still lives there. I think honestly, TikTok sees the engagement. They're like, fuck it. We're just going to keep it yeah, on yeah. there. So that's kind of what spiraled it all. Nice. Did you like intend to do like a hook or whatever because it's very well done like is like when it pops out I'm like okay I gotta see what, what the hell's going no, on no it was literally just me doing a home video like it was one of those things where like there was no strategy there was no planning the hook right very different from how I obviously do content now but it was just like shoot it let's go it, it was just for fun nice yeah so what's the uh speaking of creating those kind of videos what's the day in the life of a full your full time with this yeah What's the day in the life of a full-time uh, creator in cannabis? Um, every day is different, um, but usually I, you know, if I kind of walk you through my day, I, I wake up pretty early and I kind of spend the time in the morning focusing on me and, you know, just like whether I need to work out, meditation, journal, do all that fun stuff, get my coffee in. Um, and then I kind of start my day where it's like, Every day can be different depending on like what's on my plate, whether it's like client projects or whether I need to film YouTube videos or whether I need to do blog content. Um, so I kind of like plan my week out in advance in terms of like what are the themes that I want to hit. Um, I work with my system where we plan out the social media calendar. We plan out opportunities really like three, four months in advance. So I'm kind of already working on like next year kind of stuff. And that's kind of what my day to day is awesome. like. Awesome. Do you do a sort of daily routine ritual every day? I do. I'm like a very 
type A routine person. I would like I'm to getting say. The vibe. I'm getting yeah. the vibe. <laughs> um, so I am very routine driven. I mean, it keeps me on check and like, you know, you kind of got to keep yourself motivated and like making sure that you hit the things that you need to do. Otherwise, totally. like I could be doing like whatever. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the scheduling and being disciplined would be a big part of that. And I, I, I feel like there's probably misconceptions about it being cannabis related when you sort of weave it through your lifestyle really organically and it's it's sort of like a uh, supplement versus like an endpoint for you it seems um, where you know you're incorporating it I, I saw the one TikTok video where you're going through the day in your life and it's like little snippets of uh, micro dosing here and there throughout the day and mm -hmm. um, so how do you approach that like conscious consumption I guess you'd call it um yeah yeah like to your point like cannabis for me is a tool right it's like a, a a supplement to my life not the center of my life although you know i'm cannabinista i i come off of social media as like i love weed and i do love weed but at the end of the day like i am my own individual person and cannabis to me is like taking a magnesium supplement taking coffee right, right? it's kind of just like an enhancement to my life um in terms of like how i think about mindful consumption for me, it's not about consuming every day. So I really have, um, I try to set a really healthy relationship with the plant and that's how I think about mindful consumption is like, do I need to consume today? Why or why not? And if I don't need to consume, then I won't. And that's really about being intentional about um, not just going to cannabis when you know you have a stressful day or just going to it when you want to relax. It's kind of like sitting with your thoughts and being like, okay, is there anything else other than cannabis that can help me relieve whatever current situation I'm in, right? Right. So that's kind of how I approach consumption. And um, a lot of people think I consume every day, but I actually probably consume maybe like three or four times a week. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And activities that you normally would pair with cannabis, you're able to, you know, do them without no issue. You're not like, oh, this would be, this movie would be way better with four edibles. You know, like you're, it doesn't really come into your day to day like that. Well, like, I think there's obviously certain activities that I love to have cannabis. For example, if I'm, like, going to eat a really nice meal, I'm definitely taking an edible beforehand because I want my taste buds to be, like, fully right. activated, right? Or if I know that um, I'm going to – I'm having a really hard workout during that day and I know that my muscles are going to be sore, I'm going to put on my, that THC muscle cream because I don't want to feel tight the next day. Do you find that that works, the topicals? I think it's, the topicals are good, yeah. but I also feel like it's a bit of um, – uh, uh, placebo effect which yeah. at the end of the day it still works right if it's right. a placebo so um, it definitely I feel like a lot of the peppermint and stuff in the muscle creams work I make in my home so oh yeah. gotcha yeah. Um, yeah and do you do anything where it's like you take a steam before or to try and like I've heard that you're supposed to like open your pores or something in order to actually get the full effect of the topicals I don't know if that's I always put on body lotion after the shower gotcha. so yes nice yes, and do you use it before yeah. workouts ever no it's always an after thing have you tried once like are you, saying, are you saying like using cannabis before working out? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We're talking about muscle creams. No, I moved on. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> muscle creams definitely afterwards. Nice. Um, before working out for me is usually if I have to do cardio. I hate cardio. And like weed helps me like not think about the fact that I'm using my legs to run multiple kilometers. Yeah, yeah. And gets me into like this random zone where I'm just like running and running and running. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I use that too. Uh, what, what kind of uh, format do you generally go with? like capsules or like would you smoke before a run um probably not smoke um for me i like to use oils just like right on the tongue anything that's like fast acting or a fast acting edible um that's kind of usually my way and you generally make the stuff yourself or are you like a legal industry person like buyer um 
I make it myself. I check out what products are out there. People send me products, so I try things out. Um, I'm really, I don't have like a go-to right now because there's honestly so much new stuff in the market. So like- It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming because I'm always trying new things. Like every week there's like, now there's like, Um, mac and cheese and then there's this like fortune cookie and then there's this like random other thing i'm like holy shit how do i like eat all these things totally (laughs) is your thing more like taste or like effect like i i get mixed up like now there's like nine cannabinoid specific products Mm -hmm. where it's like you know there's just so many different like tributaries of the effect tree kind of thing i just made that up (laughs) yeah for me it's definitely formulation so like i'm very um interested in like the cannabinoids and like what pairs well um, so for me, like daytime, I love CBG. I love lower THC, higher CBD. Nighttime, CB, uh, THC and CBN. Like I'm very specific with the formulations because I've kind of, mm-hmm. I know what cannabinoids and potencies work well for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to like necessarily dive away from what already works well. Right. Yeah. Do you ever get uh, like, you ever get drowsy when you miss dose or something at night, like with sleep stuff where you're like, ooh, shoot, I must have like put too much in there or something like that? No, because like, to your point like i'm very like i have a like that was I, your I'm, point by the yeah, way yeah oh, sorry, sorry to my point yeah <laughs> um no i would say i'm pretty good with dosing but that is obviously like after many years of right. like trial and error like i've definitely gone down the route where like i took too much and didn't you know it was way too much for me but i kind of got like the formula down right for me nice speaking of feeling drowsy in the morning um i saw recently that you are alcohol free yes nice yes. i am too Two oh nice years. Yes. Yay. coming Yay. up in december yeah <laughs> I think yours is probably more of like a fun reason why. Mine's more like <laughs> I couldn't drink anymore. But oh, really? Yeah. Well, what was your reason? Well, I drank too much. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> for me, it was like I, I used to have. I was a crazy party person. Okay. Oh, okay. So we're on yes. the same page. Okay. I shouldn't have but, been yeah, so uh, sort of judgmental. Yeah. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but for me, it was like yes, it was like that, but also just like I didn't see the purpose in it anymore because it was like. I didn't like who I was when I drank. I didn't like the day after. I would feel like shit. I wouldn't be able to work out. I'd eat like trash. Yep. Um, it wasn't adding value to my life, right? Yep. Said differently. Like, and I didn't really like the taste either, totally. to be honest. Um, so that's kind of the reason why. Yeah, I felt uh, definitely the same way. And I feel like people misjudge like even social drinking where on if you're going out Thursday, Friday, Saturday even or like one day a week. I feel like it can affect you during the week to a degree where you're not really cognizant of it. Mm -hmm. And like I was having like panic attacks and couldn't figure out why and Mm. was like going on different medications. And then it was just like after you stop drinking, like everything just starts to calm down and make sense. Mm. (laughs) It's like seems so obvious. But at the time, you're like trying to find different solutions. And now with using cannabis as like a functional thing, like. Uh, small dosing and like using before working out or like sleep or whatever it's just crazy like the difference in capacity and function Mm -hmm. versus like this poison that everyone drinks constantly it's wild but but what I will say is like it's also important to for me at least how I think about is like not you're not replacing cannabis with alcohol right it's still about not having that dependency on this external substance that can like get you in a certain mind state. So I think it's also important to like, I know some people are like, oh, you just replaced like alcohol with cannabis now. Like, no, 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 it's not about that. It's just about being comfortable with who you are as like without substances. Yeah, well, I would never take a shot of booze before a run or like I actually would drink before I go to sleep though. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess. Um, Okay, I'm gonna try this pronunciation again. Before becoming the cannabinese fuck, the cannabinista. Yes. Got it. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. What was your... Uh, I'm terrible with pronunciation stuff. What was your career vision before the cannabinista? Very nice. Very nice. Yes. Um, 
it was very, you know, typical, traditional, you know, coming out of university, you know, I wanted to do like finance, tech, strategy, consulting, like I'm kind of like rolling my eyes now, like they're all great, great careers, right? Um, but it was what I thought I wanted to do because I was like, the goal is to make money and have a prestigious career. But like this has actually changed a lot, um, you know, after the pandemic, after how like I value my time, like just like a lot of shifts and like narratives of like the new world of working, I think has changed a lot. Um, and with Cannabinista, I think I've realized over the years and still realizing now that I really want to do something that is that I'm genuinely interested in and have a passion and a connection to that's whether it's a purpose, right? Like I think my purpose as Cannabinista is to end stigmas towards cannabis consumers, is to redefine the definition of a stoner, right? Mm. Is to represent Asians in cannabis, represent women in cannabis, um, elevate the definition of a modern stoner. So to me, that is my purpose. And I feel like I'm fulfilling that with Cannabinista. That's interesting. Would you, do you see a finish line for that? Or is it just kind of like a process? And like, have there been any also, uh, have there been any sort of like, epiphany moments where you're like oh I'm on the right track here like you know any events or anything where you know people have come up and been like oh I've actually used this and it's changed you know my life in this way kind of yeah um I try not to think about the end point because that's what kind of gives me anxiety sometimes it's like fuck am I on the right path like but if I know and I feel like I'm hitting certain milestones then I generally know I'm on the right path um but in like what really makes me know that I'm doing the right thing is like when I get messages, you know, daily, right? People saying like, you really helped me change my relationship with cannabis. Like I used to consume every day and now I have much healthier relationship. Or when people tell me, hey, like my grandma really hates cannabis, but I showed her your page and she has a different perspective now. Like mm. messages like this is like, oh wow, I'm like actually making an impact in someone's life that's like lives in Australia or like Ireland, for example. like. It's, it's crazy that I'm able to just create content and send my message to them and it's like received from them in a positive way. Do people ever approach you for like consulting stuff where it's like, you know, I'm having this problem kind of thing or, you know, like lifestyle coaching kind of stuff? I feel like you'd be good at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tricky line because then it come, kind of trickles into the medical world, right? So like uh, I, true, I never right, try to right, right. recommend or provide any health recommendations because that is not my role nor am I certified to do that. And everyone's health history is like, independent like they should consult their practitioners for sure um but in terms of like consulting definitely i've had businesses reach out to me for like business consulting social media consulting things like mm -hmm. that um but right now i'm just trying to focus on myself before i kind of dive too deep into other areas gotcha and did you grow up around the plant like were you sort of um inundated with it while you grew up or was it sort of a uh, later in life thing um, definitely not growing up with it. I am Asian, very, very Asian. I will tell you that. And Asians hate cannabis or at least immigrant really? Asians. Yes. Immigrant Why? Asians. Because there's a huge stigma that of against drugs in general, right? Sure. Um, consumption of drugs. It, they're very bought into like the traditional, like if you consume cannabis, you are insert negative word. Right? Gotcha. Yep. So definitely didn't grow up with it. Um, I've definitely, you know, experimented with it, um, you know, in, let's say like later years, but it wasn't really until I would say um, really like around legalization where I like started to dive more into that world and like understand the science of it, mm -hmm. how it impacts your body, like really learning more about it beyond just like taking a bong rip. Right. And yeah. is that where you started getting into the creation, the content creation side when it was legalization? Yeah, it was around okay. that time as well. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. So yeah, I feel like you've blown up unless, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I feel like I looked at your followers a, like a few months ago and it was like a few thousand and now it's crazy. It's like 50,000. Is that accurate? Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. That literally again happened with just like these random viral videos that like Instagram Reels pushes now, right? Like it's a lot of the videos that like I don't even think about strategically doing it and then it just blows up. It was like one of me cooking. I was smoking a joint and it said like the perfect Friday night and like Instagram Reels really likes aesthetic content. So they push that a lot where it's like really fast content, like seven down, seconds, Jeremy. things like that. <laughs> um, aesthetics, right? Or obviously very controversial stuff. They love that too, which is, uh, we can get into That's that. That's frustrating. But like, it's frustrating as well. Yeah. Um, but that brings people into my platform and then they see the other educational stuff that I do that is not just, you know, like quick grab your attention. It's like, oh wow, she's talking about tips on how to be a productive stoner. She's talking about how to make these coffee recipes with cannabis. Like, so it's kind of like your top of funnel and then bring it down. Totally got you. And uh, so if someone was starting out, so I would say you're like a trailblazer, a leader in the content creation space in cannabis in Canada. Whoa, uh, triple C. Um, but uh, how would what advice would you give someone starting out with it? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to lead you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would just say like you have to find your niche. You know, there's a lot of cannabis content creators in U.S., Canada, globally. Um, but I will say a lot of them do similar content or have the same type of content. And, you know, it it's not a bad thing to, you know, be, um, do content that is, you know, um, liked by the masses. But it's also important to stand out and find your niche because that's really what's going to differentiate you from other creators and provide you with a sustainable path um, long term. You mentioned that there was the same kind of content. What is that like with those influencers? Is it just like consumption centric? Yeah, I would say it's a lot of consumption centric, um, a lot of just like aesthetic smoke shots, which is great. Like I love I love that culture as well. But it's hard to like if I was a company or a brand looking to hire an influencer for a campaign, what makes you different from this other person that is doing the same thing? So why would like, you know, what I mean, there's no like value proposition to go with this person versus another person. And so speaking to that, what would be the challenges like if someone was going to be a yoga content creator versus a cannabis centric one like what are the unique challenges that you're seeing that you know someone yeah. in the mainstream quote-unquote wouldn't see yeah censorship yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure but what are the specifics yeah, of that yeah. so it's not obviously like you've got fifty thousand followers so it's yeah. not like you know you're not being censored that badly i guess uh that's not true you okay, guys don't okay. see a lot of it right i also don't necessarily talk about it a lot but i've had many accounts taken down already in the past i've had to rebuild instagram and tiktok pages um from zero from zero yeah and how does that work like do you do do some of the followers come back but obviously not all and then you're just you're straight up starting from 20 percent of what you've built over a year yeah and like that's why it's important to have like multiple platforms and platforms that you own so that you can communicate with these people um right so i think after learning that you know instagram can quickly take down my account i made sure you know not only just have backup accounts but like making sure that I convert these people to my own newsletter channels, to channels like Discord, to uh, get their emails and things like that, because then I'm able to, one, reach out to them directly, and I don't have this block of meta controlling. You yeah. know, one day they can just literally shut me down, but at least I have a way to email and talk to my um, to my community without right. them. Yeah. Interesting. So before we talk about uh, cannabis cooking, because um, that's a big part of your uh, of your lifestyle, were you were you a good cook before? Like, were you into it without the cannabis piece? Yes, I I love food. Like, yeah. I literally think about food all the time. Like, I'm literally <laughs> thinking about what I'm gonna eat next now. Um, and then yeah, so I've always been cooking. You know, like um, 
mostly cultural foods growing up. I learned a lot of recipes from my mom. Um, I love watching cooking shows. And then that passion for cooking obviously got expedited with the pandemic when like no one had anything to do except make banana bread, right? So (laughs) yes, so then obviously my passion for cannabis and then one day just combined it together and I was like, wow, this is magic. (laughs) Nice, what was your favorite, uh, what was the moment where you were like, like this is incredible? What's your favorite recipe that you've made? Um, I would say banana bread. That's always been my go-to recipe because like it's easy. It's you you don't really taste the cannabis even if you add a lot of wheat to it because the banana is usually really strong. It's um, easy to make, not that much to clean up, and you can give it to friends and family, and it stays in the fridge for really long. So yep. I, I love it. It's just a solid nice thing. Yeah. And is edibles the main sort of conduit for you, or do you do? I mean, you do beverages. Yeah. That- so is uh like edibles is the focus so and edibles i mean like is food and yeah 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 um i definitely like am exploring a new world of like mocktails for sure and like beverages um it's you know it kind of ties into maybe when i started also not drinking and trying to find other ways to be social in social environments or like you know making beverages is really fun too kind of like putting together ingredients and making it look pretty so i'm definitely like more in the you know drink game now and exploring that world um but you know always love edibles when you go to social events or like drinking functions would you bring like infusions or would you bring like you know packaged sort of cans kind yeah. of thing like what's your approach to that because I can find it kind of really cumbersome and weird <laughs> going to a <laughs> an event and you're like you're doing a science experiment over yeah, there yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. what are you doing <laughs> well that's why the RTDs like the ready to drinks yeah, are yeah. so good you know and like it's, they're a good conversation starter you can like pop them in your bag like, I went to a Halloween party this weekend I brought like two two RTDs I brought one for my friend and we shared and it was great and like nice. you know yeah right on have your methods and techniques evolved over time? Like, have you gotten more intense or is it more, I mean, intense in like a, you know, complicated yeah. you know, way? Or is it more a function of the sort of product you're trying to end up with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I definitely think like when I was starting in the beginning, I had no clue what the hell I was doing. Like, I actually was looking through like my old photos and I saw this video where I was putting cannabis oil into a water-based drink. Okay. okay? That is like, for, for people who don't under, um, or don't know the context behind that, cannabis oil does not blend with water-based drinks um, un- unless it's like a nanotech emulsion. Um, right. You need fats in your drink in order to bind with cannabis oil. THC, CBD, love fat. That's a fat lipid. Um, I did not know this. So literally I was looking at that video. I was like laughing to myself. But for example, like just learning about the science of how things work and like the applications was also important for me. Um, So definitely have, you know, upped my skill game in that sense. Um, And definitely with the tools that I use to infuse as well are different. Um, You know, I used to use like your electric burner on the on the balcony with like um, a stove pot and you're just like making it outside and hoping no one smells it and yeah. now with these like modern cannabis devices I like it's like the apple of cannabis infusion right you just put your weed in there decarb infuse doesn't smell you can you can go run errands come back home it doesn't burn and it's done and it's done wow that's awesome so um what are what would be some notable surprises or like discoveries that you've made that were like whoa like eureka kind of moments on this journey have there been any where you're like, oh, my God, this product is incredible or like I slept so well after this or anything mm. like that? Um, I think dissolvable cannabis <coughs> powder is a new invention that I've has been has wowed me and wowed people. Um, you know, d- didn't think that you could just take this powder and dissolve it into water based drinks, into foods, into anything. Um, and then what I did was like I took 
that was a legal product that was in the market i took that i made my own recipe and then now that's one of my most popular recipes on my website nice and speaking of that like um if you're comfortable getting into like sort of the business side so how do you plan that like is it more so you're you're wanting to do certain content and then you know brands or whatever will trail off that and be like oh, i'd like to be a part of this recipe or whatever um, because you talked about how your um, like your traction forms when you're raw, you're yourself, you're being genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you approach that? Because I feel like it's super tough, especially <clears throat> like navigating censorship, then navigating trying to make a dollar off of this and yeah. then not get banned, etc. So like, yeah, kind of how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, <Tell> I was <laughs> <laughs> honestly, this game is an investment in the long term right like if you're trying to do content and like you think you're gonna get rich doing this like this is not the game for you like cannabis is a long game Cut this. right Let's get out of here <laughs> <laughs> like i think you know you really it's people who are passionate about it that's great but like are you willing to tough it out when yeah. there's no money to be made i think that's the question and it's like it's an investment yourself right not every video i make i make money a lot of the times i don't make money i have to do this on my own will on my own time pay for all the ingredients pay for the electricity the lighting the camera equipment editing um and you don't always make money but it's about building a brand that i believe in is going to be how i will you know further monetize down the road or whatever right so like for me it's just building that audience that's like really my strategy and things will come on later on that's always been uh, you can always sell anything after you build a brand. That's kind of been my philosophy. Totally. Uh, with the audience, for sure. Yeah. Um, and with that sort of process of finding your footing, do you feel as though the regulations and like the general uh, environment is tightening now or is it starting to loosen up? Like, are you finding that, you know, you're getting whacked on the wrist for this video and that? Or is it more so like you're kind of finding new gray areas that you're exploring? Yeah, I mean, the regulations haven't changed, right? The Cannabis Act hasn't really changed. And, you know, um, when I look at it, aside from me, I see brands are treading the waters a little bit, right? Things like, like, there's literally like a Snoop Dogg cannabis brand. Like, isn't that celebrity endorsement? But isn't that not allowed? I don't know, right? Laws are only what's enforced, though, not what's written down. Exactly. (laughs) So I think, um, you know, I foresee that, you know, Brands, retailers, um, creators, or whoever is in this industry are going to have to collectively push the agenda um, in order to like advance and make changes to these strict regulations. And if we don't, we're just going to be continuously stuck in this cycle where like we cannot talk about cannabis, even if it's an, in an educational way, right? Um, and we need to all collectively push the industry forward so it's a joint effort amongst everyone. Yeah, totally agree. So it's looking forward to sort of 2024, what's on the horizon? What uh, what sort of big plans do you have? Um, what do you see coming down the, the pipe in terms of innovation? What are you excited about? Yeah, um, you know, for, for me, I'll, I'll start with what I'm, what I'm focused on. Um, it's all about content still. Like that is like my number one key focus. Um, I'll be relaunching my website in the new year as well. Um, so there'll be lots more recipes, a lot more cannabis education content, uh, long form content will also be a key focus for me. And again, like I kind of mentioned earlier, it's about making sure that we kind of take all these people that are on the social media world, but like bringing them into my own channels, whether it's through my newsletter and, and communities like that, like that's really going to be my focus. 
in terms of what I'm excited about the industry, I don't know if things are looking bleak right now. So we'll see. I in mean, terms of what? What do you mean? What's bleak? Well, I mean, just overall econ- economy in general, yeah, aside oh, yeah, from yeah. cannabis, right? Right, right? The economy right, yeah. is not doing well. I mean, it's cyclical. So, you know, things will always get better eventually. And it's just about riding this downward wave, let's say. <laughs> um, yep. But, you know, there's always new product innovation that I'm super excited about, you know, um, new formats, new formulations, cannabinoids, you know, more exploration of that. Um, just new products. I'm excited to see what other like products will come out in the market that I don't know, like maybe it would be like cannabis orange juice, for example. Like who nice. knows, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully with better names than we have now. Yeah. It's going through like inventory lists, I just laughed to myself, like, holy shit, these names, my God. Um you had a cal- collaboration with P- Pizza Pizza for 420. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that if you're allowed to? Yes. I don't think why well, I wouldn't be able to. But um, yeah, they literally DM'd me through Instagram nice. and said, hey, we have a big 420 promo we want to do. Do you want to do a video for us? And that for me, I would say, actually, that was the kind of the aha moment where I knew I was doing something right. I was like, oh, wow, a non-cannabis brand is looking to the cannabis industry or a creator like me to get their message that's a huge moment i would say that's a huge one and one that's as big as pizza pizza yeah i mean they're nationally loved like you know pizza chain so it was amazing to do be able to do content for them and and do that and um yeah that's kind of how it went um i really think it's a good like step in the right direction where like non-cannabis brands will start to look to the cannabis industry to collaborate because cannabis touches and intersects with a lot of other industries right and like whether people like it or not it's the reality like music and cannabis that's been a long connection right um just art generally art, it yeah, seems like yeah. there's like an infinite amount exactly. of application or like wellness and cannabis that's a huge you know cannabis consumers are also very into natural herb and medicines and ways to like optimize their bodies right so there's that connection there so I just foresee a lot of industries cross-sectoring with cannabis. Wellness is such an ambiguous term to me. I used to, like, I tried to apply it to the business in terms of, like, having sections and categories that, you know, really catered to it. Yeah. And then it's just, it never really resonates. And, like, sales never respond with it in terms Mm. of, like, wellness. It's like, so, like, what is it? Like, are you, what are you trying to do here? And it's like, it's tough to communicate that in this. It's a blanket term. Specific sphere. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a blanket term, um, which goes into so many different types like physical wellness mental wellness like there's so many different yeah it's it's tough there's too many words in the english language (laughs) (laughs) um what was i gonna say uh do you find that there's like now especially with like how you've blown up is are your followers generally in toronto like is it local or is it national um it's national um toronto is one of the biggest uh cities um new york as well los angeles vancouver montreal so like top major cities um, and there's uh, a lot of folks from like the UK, um, India and Ireland and Australia as well. So they have like little cannabis communities there. So it's really interesting to, to see. And is it, do you find that you're having to walk a line with your personal life now? Like, because, you know, as your follower counts grown, etc., probably your visibility, do people come up to you in the street ever? Uh, I have, it's kind of weird, but it's, it's funny. It's like, oh, thanks. Like one time I was getting, um, acupuncture and I came out of my appointment and she was like are you cannabinista and I was like oh my god it's so awkward I like was like all red because I just like did acupuncture did so she pronounce it exactly like she did that, she like did it better than you for no. fuck's sake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice that's great um well I forgot to say what do your parents think of your profession do you lie or um yeah I will say it's you a do fun oh you lie for now yeah I mean oh shit nice yeah we'll see like they're at the age where it's kind of like I just want them to live a great life and like not you know worry dis- about you worry about me yeah so 
Are you good? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. What I'm do you fine. say? You're like, I'm an analyst. Yeah, we just we just don't talk about it. <laughs> we don't it. talk about it. I love it. Um, wh- what do you focus on when you're creating your content? Is it like, I got to get, I know you've, again, we t- kind of touched on this and you're you're really focused on just being yourself, but do you have now that it's like a business, do you have like KPIs that you're after and like, you know, you're yeah. looking at engagement and scroll yeah. stopping and all that stuff? You are. Yes, I yeah, am. That's, so the, that's the analytical that's the business. side. <laughs> right on. You are an analyst. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> you're exactly. a business analyst, mom. Exactly. Um, no, for sure. Like we, uh, we definitely look at what does well and what doesn't and try to decipher, you know, what the strategy. There's obviously a strategy. There's obviously key metrics and like conversion rates because that's essentially what I have to share with businesses as well, right? Like what's your cost per impression? You know, what's your sell through? What's your click through rate? Like those metrics need to be defined because that's what businesses care about, right? Totally. But even for myself, it's a way for me to understand what type of content should I continue to do versus what type of content should I stop doing or what type of content could I tweak right. slightly to make it a bit better. Right. Gotcha. Is there a different approach in uh, cannabis brand partnerships versus non-cannabis? Like, is it like, you know, cannabis brands are looking for just, you know, impressions and non-cannabis is looking for engagements or difference? Or is it it's just, you know, click through basically? I think everyone wants the same thing. They want sales, right? Yeah, it's yeah. obviously difficult to sometimes correlate back to how many sell through, especially when you can't link to an e-commerce website, right? For example, at least on the cannabis side, whereas like non-cannabis brands or even just cannabis accessories brands, it's easier because they have um, e-commerce where you can directly sell and influence, right? So there's a bit of that difference. For sure. Well, Anna, I know we've jumped around everywhere during this interview and I fucked up pronouncing cannabinista. You got it right. There we go. On the finish. Nice. Um, But I really appreciate you coming by and uh, joining us. Um, Is there anything you want to shout out or... Uh, promote um just hit up my channels um i'm cannabinista.co on instagram cannabinista <laughs> you almost oh, messed close. me up there i know i saw that. I almost didn't pronounce my right <laughs> name um cannabinista on tiktok but most importantly all my recipes and my weekly newsletter is at the cannabinista.com sweet there it is folks thank you <laughs>